Psalms 92 verse 12. I'm reading the New King James Version. Are you ready? Are you ready? Verse 12. It says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be flesh and flourishing. Look at the way the word flourishing comes. Is there in verse 12? Is there in verse 13? Is there in verse 14? It says to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. This psalm is believed by Bible scholars that it was written by David. Because as you know, the psalms were written by different authors. Some by Moses, some by David, some by uh, the sons of Korah. And different psalms talk about different things. But it's believed that when you read the subject matter of the psalm, it must have been written by David because in the time of Moses, there's no way when Moses wrote a psalm he could make any reference to the temple musical instruments because he didn't know that. But David definitely, and even when you look at some of the psalms he's written, it's like the format of those psalms is the format this psalm follows. So in this psalm, he mentions musical instruments, the number of enemies, he mentions the house and the courts of the Lord. These mentions agree very much with the times of David. The psalm was made for the Sabbath day and to be used upon it. And it directs the, the work of worship. It directs people in the praising of God and in the celebrating of his works. It also directs people in attending God's house and making sure they keep the ordinances of God. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole psalm if you don't mind, please, all right? Because of time. So I'm going to skip verse 1 to verse 11, and I'm not going to make any commentary on it. I'll just pick up where we started, where we read, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. In our main texts, it says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, and it contrasts the righteous with the wicked, particularly in verse 7. It says, in contrast, the wicked, they spring as grass. They do flourish, but it's for a brief space of time. And even in their flourishing, they are soon to be destroyed. But the righteous flourish all the way into their old age. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel like I'm talking about somebody I know. When you read this psalm, the psalmist talks to us and teaches us about who will flourish, how they shall flourish, where shall they flourish, and why are they to flourish? I'm going to answer those questions for you towards the end of this. So you've got to stay with me on television. Stay right in front of your TV right there. When this psalmist talks about the prosperity of the righteous, he uses two similes. He says, they will flourish like the plum tree, 
and grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Now, I'm not going to talk about the cedar of Lebanon, but I'll just focus mainly on the righteous flourishing like the palm tree. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm flourishing. Look at your other neighbor and say, I can see you don't believe me, but I'm flourishing. Look at your other neighbor and say, even if I'm cold, I'm flourishing. Look at the other one and say, even if I'm ice cold, I'm flourishing. So there's a threefold righteousness which all the godly possess. It says it's the godly, it's the righteous that will flourish. Not just anybody, but the righteous. But I want to know, who are you talking about? Well, there's a threefold righteousness. Number one, there's a righteousness that we call imputed righteousness. It's a righteousness that has been put upon you. It's imputed. This righteousness you don't work for. This righteousness is what kings of old used to do when ordinary citizens wanted to come before the king and make an appearance. And the king could decide whether they want to see you or they don't want to see you. And it's up to the king. And they don't explain what criteria they use. They just decide in jail. And once they decide, then they declare you to have a right standing with them. In those days, they used to have this small stick called a scepter, and they would point that scepter at you. And when they point that scepter at you, it means you have a right to approach. No matter what status you have in society, you don't have to work for the right to come before the king. I impute it. I give you the right to approach. Now, we have been given the right to approach. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we should be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, by virtue of receiving Christ, we have been given a right to approach. We didn't work for Puluso. Are you understanding me? The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So we are righteous. You know, when I was young, I used to read the words like righteousness, and I'd think maybe I would see something glowing from people. I can see there's nothing glowing on you. But we have a right of approach. Tell somebody I have a right of approach. But then the second part, yeah, this righteousness is implanted righteousness. As a result of being born again by the grace of God, the actual act of you being born again is God changes you on the inside. And because you are born again, God implants in you new principles, new motives, new feelings. And this leads me to my third point. This righteousness is also exhibited righteousness. Not only do you have a right standing with God, not only has something happened in your heart, but as a result of something that happens into your heart, now you live in a different way. This is exactly what God was trying to explain in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, when he was telling people about what's coming. He said, I will give you a new heart. 
And a new spirit will I put on the inside of you. You can't claim to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and still walk in a dirty way. It's in amen. It's in amen. So this threefold righteousness, the imputed righteousness, the implanted righteousness, and the exhibited righteousness, it is those righteous people who will flourish. It all starts at the cross with the imputed righteousness that comes as a result of the one who died for us. It is not that we first loved God, but it's that God first loved us and laid down his life for us. And righteousness is imputed to us. Tell your neighbor, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, when I offer the Bible says you will flourish. And the word flourish means to break forth. And what a timeless word because we're at the end of August into September. If you look around, you will see the trees budding. That word flourish means to bud. There's new life that's coming out of you. You are breaking forth. You are budding. That word means to bloom. That word means to spread. Specifically to fly like extending your wings. Oh, God says you will flourish. You will break forth. You will bud. You will grow. You will spread. You will spring up. Your life will move forward. You will move forward. You will flourish. He says, Mara, you will flourish like a palm tree. Whoa. I don't just flourish, but I flourish like a palm tree. So if God says I flourish like a palm tree, then I must try to understand what happens to a palm tree. Are there any lessons I can learn from a palm tree? If I flourish like a palm tree, then I want to go and find a palm tree somewhere and study the palm tree and say this palm tree is demonstrating give me the kind of life that I'm going to live. So what lessons do we learn then from a palm tree? There's many I have. I'll, I'll just give you four of them. Only four. Number one, a palm tree is not easily uprooted. In fact, we are told that it is almost impossible to uproot a palm tree because one study that I saw, they say the palm tree is even known for the roots of the palm tree to go about 3,000 meters deep. Imagine. 3,000 meters deep, the roots. Think about it. And Jesus says in John 15, 5, he says, abide in me. Be rooted in me. When Paul prays for the Christians in Ephesus, he says, I'm praying that you will be rooted and grounded in the love of God. God wants us to sink our roots deep in him as we abide in him. 
How do we do that? We sink our roots by reading his word, living by his word, believing his word, embracing his word, meditating on his word. How do we sink roots deep? We sink roots deep by taking, putting his word first place in our lives. It's God's word number one and everything, nothing else. How do we become rooted? We hold on to God's word in dark times, in difficult times. When things are moving, we hold on to God's word. We are not moving. We are rooted. Rooted. And because we are rooted, we flourish. We flourish. The righteous are like the palm tree. We abide in him. We abide in him. Jesus says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, we abide in him. Somebody say, I abide in him. Tell your other neighbor, I abide in him. We need to be rooted Christians. Not fickle Christians. Remove working towards a linseed. Some Christians are so fickle. Any small anyana doctrine moves them away from what they believe. Any small anyana problem makes them walk away from God. Any small anyana challenge, they turn their backs on God. They say, but my goodness, we are rooted. We are planted. We are not going anywhere. I see in doubt. Even during this time of COVID, even if there are things that are happening that we do not understand, we are rooted. Rooted. I said rooted. I said rooted. That's why we are here on a cold Sunday morning. We are rooted. Rooted. Just like the palm tree. Listen, Barcelona, you will never know what flourishing is if you are not rooted. Many people give up on God too early, too soon. When God is still at work, they time out like I was saying during the week. You know what about timing out? What's what already programmed? It's a computer, they time out. No, we are not timing out. I said we are rooted. Somebody who's rooted, shout hallelujah. Number two. We are told that you can cut a palm tree, but you cannot kill it. You can peel its outward shell. But it's the inner parts of the palm tree that make it what it is. So the strength of a palm tree is not in its outward shell, but in its inner parts. Oh. You see, the ordinary trees, we are told that if you take the bark of these regular trees all the way around, it dies. But not so with the palm tree. You can peel the bark and remove all of it. The palm tree lives because it doesn't depend on the outward shell. It depends on the inner parts. Oh, come on now. Oh, come on now. Help us on outside we may be buffeted. Outside we may be attacked. Maybe we may be losing things all around us. 
But what makes us strong is not what is on the outside. The Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians, while we look not at the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. What makes us strong is not what you see on the outside. What makes us strong is that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's what makes us strong. That's what makes us strong. That's what makes us strong. We may not be shouting and making noise, Mara, we are strong. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 from verse 24 to verse 29, it says, Christ in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. We used to sing a song years ago. I don't know if you like hope. It used to say, I will rejoice and you will be glad. I will extol your love more than wine. Draw me unto you. And so on. Then it goes and says, it is Jesus down in my heart. I know what makes us strong is what's on the inside. Not on the outside. It's Christ in you. I said it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. I said it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. Greater is he that is in you. Too many of you, you are looking on the outside. You are looking at circumstances. You are looking at situations. You are looking at the feebleness of your body. What, what makes you who you are is not the feebleness of your body. It is Christ in you. Christ in you. Just like the palm tree. That's why we flourish. <laughs> we are strong on the inside. It's in the amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three. Number three. When the hurricanes come, the tornadoes come, and strong winds blow and destroy houses, uproot other trees, cause mayhem. After Yonki in Toy Pikigi, when you look around, you see the palm tree standing. <laughs> but when the wind was blowing, you didn't see it. Because when the wind blows, the palm tree bends. Bends with the wind. Bends with the hurricane. Bends and bends. And the wind blows and the hurricane does what it does. And the tornado goes. And when everything is said and done, the palm tree, it is spring back. I see somebody springing back. <laughs> oh, come on. If you're going to spring back, give the Lord a shout. I see somebody. Somebody springing back. Why? Because I am the righteous. I'm like the palm tree. I'm going to spring back. Because I'm like a palm tree. Let me show you three things on this point. A. Here's the first part that's interesting. For this, Elena would not be able to sit on my feet. I would stand just like you. 
Three things to learn. The palm tree is created by God to bounce back. So listen to me, righteous one. Listen to me, you who are called by God. God has put inside of you a bounce back divine ability in your spirit. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are struck down. But siabuya, we are not destroyed. Listen, in the message Bible says, as it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we are not much to look at. We have been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we are not demoralized. We are not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We have been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We have been thrown down, but we haven't broken. You are not going to break even if the storm blows. Whatever comes your way, let it blow. I'm going to bend. And when it's over I'm going to spring back in the name of Jesus because you're like a palm tree second part of that of the same point I'm making science watch this this is interesting science has determined that when the strong winds and the hurricanes blow over the palm tree and it bends over in that time its root system is not strengthened, is not weakened rather, but strengthened. Because it is the bending over that makes the roots to grow longer. <laughs> so it means for it to go to another level, it needs a crisis. Oh. See, with the palm tree, it's not the crisis that kills us. It's the crisis that makes it to go to another level. Now you understand why James says in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different kinds of temptations. Why, James, knowing this, that the testing of your faith, the trying of your faith, when you're being pushed this way and pushed that way, it produces patience. And this patience is not a patience, but it's a patience of standing and standing and standing and standing and standing and standing. They may push me down, but they cannot put me out because I'm going to bounce back. And after the trial is gone, after the crisis is gone, when I look at me, I have learned something more about God. I've learned something more about faith. I have moved to another level. And I can speak and say I was young and now I am old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or they are seed back in bread. Somebody give the Lord a shout in this house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I don't know about you, but we are growing in this time of trial. We are growing in this time of crisis. We are moving to another level with our praying, with our believing. We are learning to believe God even when it doesn't make sense. We are learning to pray even if not one single prayer seems to be answered. Our roots are getting longer. Our roots are getting stronger. So let the devil bring it on. We're going to go to another level in the name of Jesus because we're like a palm tree. We're like a palm tree. Listen to what James says. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He says, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. He says, but... Let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It is enduring times of tests and trials that you move to a level of perfection where you grow into other areas. Listen how the message Bible reads. It says, consider it a shared gift, friends. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, Your faith life is forced into an open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well developed. Not deficient in any way. Somebody give the Lord a shout. See, the palm tree we are told survives the storm because it's flexible. When the storm blows, it doesn't fight with the storm. It repositions itself. (laughs) It continues to be there, but but by repositioning itself. We see this in the life of Paul, in the sermon that I taught, when I was preaching on what to do when the devil tries to block your way. When Satan hinders you. He writes to the church in Thessalonica. He says, I tried to come to you, but the devil hindered me. Mara, in the same breath, he's writing a letter. Let me decode it for you. He's saying, I can't come there. Mara, I can bring something there in writing. (laughs) Even if I didn't try to fight with what was going on. I just repositioned. I didn't give up. I didn't stop my mission. I just changed the tactic. Who is here who's going to change his tactic? Change your tactic. And Paul further says, I have sent Timothy to you. So even if Gesaaka in person, I have done two more things in the space of one. I have written a letter and I have sent other people to come to you. I have changed my tactic. Oh, I see a palm tree in this place changing its tactic. If this door doesn't open, find another one. If the devil blocks this, find another one. But don't give up on what God wants you to do because you are a palm tree. Can I hear an amen? Jesus. Number four. And the concluding part. The leaves and the stem of a palm tree. If you look at that palm tree, it's different. The leaves and the branches are at the top. It's not like other trees. It's at the top. It's at the top there. 
Listen to this. Most trees grow a beautiful canopy of branches and leaves that spread out and collect the sunlight and the rain. And therefore these branches provide food and home for birds and squirrels. But this spread out canopy of branches and leaves, when the storm comes, they break. But different to the palm tree because the palm tree, they are called monocots, like the orchards. They grow in one single shoot and they shoot upwards in a single direction. Not spread out. They are shooting up. They are not looking that way. They are looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of their faith. And when the winds blow, you see them. When other trees break, they wave their hands. They praise and they worship. I wonder if Paul and Silas, when they were in jail, didn't they remember the palm tree? The Bible says when Paul and Silas were in jail and they had been beaten up and they had been told not to preach the gospel. The Bible says at midnight when the storm was brewing, at midnight when the hurricane was coming, at midnight when the blizzards were there, they did what the palm tree does. They lifted their hands to God and they sang praises to God. At midnight when the winds are blowing, when the storms are blowing, when things are happening, they lifted their hands to God, the author and the finisher of their faith. We as the righteous people in times of storm, that's when our praise is at the loudest. Oh goodness me. It's not a time when we raise our hands and and we praise God with tears in our eyes. We praise God with confusion in our hearts. We praise God having left difficult situations where we come from. It is on that day when you get up in church and you run around in church when you have no reason to run around. Why? Because it's at midnight. 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 At midnight. At midnight. Where you sing your praises to God. Those who are not like palm trees, when midnight comes, it chokes their praise. It takes away their worship. But those who are like the palm tree, the more the wind blows, is the more they worship. Just like the palm tree. The more the wind blows, not only they worship, do they bend and they re-strategize. And they say, we are coming back. Because we are like the palm tree. Who shall flourish? The righteous. How shall they flourish? Like a palm tree. Where shall they flourish? In the courts of our God. When shall they flourish? Throughout their lives, even into their old age. Why are they flourishing? To show forth that God is God. And that's why we are flourishing. And that's why when they look at you, they will know that there's a God in heaven. Look at how difficulties came their way. Look at the things that they were able to survive. My, but we are surprised that they are standing. We are surprised that they are stronger than they were before. 
because of the glory of God. Everybody stand on your feet and raise your hands and begin to raise your voice and thank God for His word. Everybody, everybody, everybody in the house, come on, do it. Do it unashamedly. Do it unashamedly. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in your known language. Whatever, however you want to do it. Pray to Him. Sing to Him a new song. Bless His name. Clap your hands. Stomp your feet. Jump where you are. Bless His name for you are the righteous. You are the righteous and you flourish. You flourish. You flourish. You flourish. Hallelujah. Come on, bless Him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For those of you who are watching by way of television from home, whatever it is you've been going through, I want you to know that God is aware. Don't allow situations and circumstances to break you down. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you can be the righteous in Christ Jesus by receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. Right where you are, you can open your heart to Jesus. Right where you are, you can ask him to come into your heart and be the Savior and the Lord of your life. Follow me in this prayer, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart and be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for coming into my heart in Jesus' name. Continue praying, Barcelona. Continue praying. I ask you if you've prayed that prayer, call the number on the screen. All right? There are people who are there who want to pray with you. They want to help you. Don't give up. This is not a time to give up. No matter what storm you are going through, no matter what confusion you are experiencing, this is not the time to give up. The Lord is there to sustain you. The Lord is there to lift you up. In the name of Jesus. Raise your hands. Father, thank you for your anointing and your spirit that breaks the yoke of bondage. Thank you for those who may have felt that they have been downtrodden, that today they know that you have made them to be more resilient than they realize. That they are like a palm tree as the righteous. And they rise by the power of God. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouted and said.